Well, welcome, guys. <laughs> How are you all doing? <laughs> welcome online. I know a lot of you are joining us online today. And uh, so we're doing things a little bit different in, in terms of our order of worship today, and that's actually a phrase that we're going to talk a lot about. And so um, what I wanted to do was share some of, uh, of what I've been uh, learning and reading about worship, and, and then we are going to have a time of worship that I think is, is sound and biblical and maybe a little challenging for uh, what we usually think of worship as. So let's, let's all bow our heads in prayer to start our time together this morning. Father God, I thank you for the day that you have set before us. God, the whole year that you have set before us. God, that, um, that you hold that time in your hands and that we, God, just give ourselves to you. We, we come to you today that we would be able to slow down uh, over the things that may have happened over the past couple of days or weeks with the holiday, God, there's just that we would be able to come and, and focus on you today. Amen. So before we get into our teaching, uh, I'd like to share some of where it came from. And so this new series that we're about to launch into and, and kind of the genesis for it. And so you may hopefully know and be aware that, that Oak Ridge is going through a bit of a reforging process. The goal here is that, that over the, the year of 2022, that we're going to be launching Oak Ridge North in a couple of months. And at the same time, Oak Ridge, everyone that meets here, whether virtually or, or more, more prolifically, normally here, uh, will be going through a reforging process. And what we're going to be doing is really looking at um, and I wanted to like just try to bring it into the, like the blacksmithing world, right? So we're going to be looking at our starting resources. And that sounds, when we, when we think about blacksmith, you know, they, they have the steel and that sort of thing. What our starting, what Oak Ridge's starting resources are, are our committed saints, the body of the church. And so we're going to be affirming and really appreciating the saints and working to take and, and all of us to go through this firing process, which is going to have you know, some heat and some pressure associated with it. But it's really an important part because what comes out of the end, if you think about that, the forging process or, or, or a pot that goes in the furnace, it's really the, the flack and the, and the chafe is all pushed away, right? And what comes through is a distilled and, and a refined process that is more... Uh, more valuable, it's more focused, it's sharper than maybe where we started. So there's a, there's a wonderful review that we can do here and really grow from. And so if, if we are reforging, we need to stoke the flame, and that's where we need the, the saints of Oak Ridge to really participate. And here, participate doesn't just mean sitting in, in seats. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be derogatory for what we may or may not be doing right now, but we don't want to let it stop there, right? Participate really means to lean in and to take hold of the body and participate in it. And there's also a, a call that I'm going to ask as, as one of the elders for some patience. And that's with each other as we go through this reforging process and to understand that some of the things that we hold near and dear about maybe the structures or, or the associations that we have, they, they might be something that just like as a filter that we're putting on 
that, that may not be something that is the healthiest, right? And so understand that as we, as we go through that, there might be some changes. So be patient in that. But, but patience doesn't have to mean that, that you sit there and, and are quietly working through that. Share and communicate with us. Let that be a process there. And, the, and lastly, when we talk about stoking the flames, I'd like to talk about priority. I mentioned a second ago about leaning in. What I'd like to ask you guys to do as we go through this, probably this next couple of months here, is don't think about leaning in. But what if, what if the priority of, of, of the church, of, of the body of Christ in your life, was such that it wasn't a process of leaning in, but one of like wholly falling in, right? And that that was the priority that we gave it. And so that's what we're going to be working through. And, and from that, and I, I kind of skipped it on the last thing, what we want to be doing is focusing on a foundation. So establishing commonalities, not to restrict ourselves in the depths that we can grow, but really to affirm a foundation that then we can grow on as we talk about the same things and we affirm the same values and grow out of those. And that's where the series that we're starting today, We Are Made For, really came from, is to look at what we are made for and and affirm that and really make sure that that's our focus and we know that and we can all speak that together. So because I'm a bit of a geek and, 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 and live that nerd life, I was like, well, there's prerequisites to walk into this, right? So we need to make sure that we're all even starting the series together. So even in the packed statement of we are made for, there's a couple of things that we want to be sure that we're affirming before we go into the series. So there's a we, and that establishes that there is a group going through it for a unified purpose, but also understanding that there's a uniqueness, that it's not a we as in one singularity of a mass, right? We're not the Borg, right? But, but there's a gifting that each of us carry that is, is a valuable part of that process. And then the made is that we are made and given a purpose by the creator. And the last one is, is just a real stickler one, but I'm sorry to say that the series is not about self. I, I taught a couple of weeks back, and, and we talked about suffering, and I said suffering wasn't about self, but even this series isn't about self. What you're going to see as we go through this series is that we are made for, and it, and it walks through key relationships that we need to have and that should be marks of our life. And we're going to talk for it. I know the slide may look, I, I got my formatting a little messed up here. So um, made for worship is what we're going to be talking about today. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about reliance. And that is going to address our reliance and our, the necessity of salvation. And fellowship, our need and how we are made for one another. And family, we're going to take time to enjoy and make sure that, that basically this is a growth, right, from, from God. Then to our, and establishing our salvation, to understanding our fellowship and our, our need for one another. And then that, that flows out into our family units. And so valuing and looking into, to really instilling into our kids and, and those immediately, those families immediately around us, if we find ourselves maybe in a, more of a single season right now, you still have family. And then to be able to flow that out and talk about witness, we are made for witness. And so that's, that's going to be the flow of our series. And we're jumping into worship today. And as I mentioned at the start, that's kind of why I'm up here starting our service together rather than sometimes maybe in the middle or something like that. Because we are going to have worship today. But I thought it would be good if we could talk about what biblical worship is 
and then immediately apply it so that we are all in the same context of appreciating that worship, and I, do, I wanna be super careful today, especially as my wife is gonna come up here later, to not devalue the musicians and the emphasis and the help that music gives to that process, right? I don't wanna devalue that, but I also want us to be very careful to understand that that shouldn't be the limit or the end of what we define or understand worship to be. And so that's why I wanted to talk with you guys first today. So let's define worship in more of like a, a dictionary sense, and then we're gonna grow that when we look at, at biblical patterns and examples of worship. So there's really two things here to talk about, two phrases, we'll say. And that worship is a feeling or expression of profound love and admiration. I was really, I found these definitions and I was like, wow, these really captured a lot better than I could articulate, so I'm just reading them, that's why. Um, and the second is this, and, it, and this one I think is a little bit more challenging to me, um, and possibly you too, and it's to prostrate or to kneel and bow in homage, to adore, show devotion. And that's one that I think when we, when we think about worship and, and singing, you know, that first one is maybe a little bit more there, but as we think about applying worship across the whole of our lives, that's where we really look to the adoration and devotion that should flow through our whole lives. We're gonna jump right in from a biblical context to John 4.24 today. Um, I'll pause. I handed out some note sheets. Well, I didn't hand them out so much as I set them by the door. Um, if you didn't grab one, I could pause here for a minute and you guys could go grab one. Uh, it just has the easy references that we're gonna walk through today. So let's go ahead and turn together to John 4.24 and uh, we'll, we'll start our dive in here. So where we're, where we're picking up is Jesus is at the well, and he is talking with a Samaritan woman. And they get to talking about, what, uh, about worship, and, and she mentions some of the things, quote unquote, that they do. And Jesus has this to say, and he distills it really simply, and man, it's one of those statements that it really drives straight home as quick as he can even just say it. And he, he looks at the woman and he says this, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Because she had just described about how some of the things that they do and, and the processes and they're really more just patterns, right? And, and um, let, me, let me back up. Let's just read from verse 21. It says, woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain, because that's where she was referencing that they need to go to worship, nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks." God is spirit, so he's affirming that statement again, and the, here again he's repeating himself, so probably extra emphasis that we should be paying attention to. His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So when we talk about worship then, we know that it must be done in spirit and truth. Two things there 
to, to grow on when we talk about what spirit would be, and that's to understand and appreciate that there's a, a reality that we cannot see. It's not just restricted to the physical, right? That, that we are acknowledging and, and paying attention to God in this spirit. We are acknowledging his spirit and worshiping him with ours. And we're doing so in truth, meaning that it's not just a display, it's not just a shallow going through the motion sort of thing, that is our whole being sitting there and worshiping him, or standing, and worshiping him. So if, if that is what our worship is to, to be, what then should it look like? Well, there's a couple of different types of worship that you see throughout Scripture, and, and I summarize them here for us. The verses are also in your sheets. We're going to have just a, a simpler teaching time here today, and my encouragement is to spend some time reviewing those. So they're on your note sheets. I have them up here uh, as well in the PowerPoint. But there's three types that we see uh, of worship across biblical examples. And so it's that of, of music, reciting or or or. Uh, memorizing scripture and the importance of it, and then prayer. Those are the three. There, there's some, some smaller cases inside of there, but they really kind of wrap up to those, those three. And so that's, that's something we want to be examining as we say that we are living a life of worship and that we are made for worship, that all three of those should be attributes of that worship process. Again, growing from, not limiting ourselves uh, to the music that we usually affirm as that worship process. Um, some neat things here just to call out while you, while you take these home or think about these. So um, a lot of the times, and I just called out some, some instances here. So you, when you see scripture, um, what is happening is these are, these are the letters of the New Testament, right? And, and what is either at the beginning or the end of a lot of them is a call to read it and then to reread it, and then to share it, and to keep paying the emphasis to it. And so there's a specific call in Scripture that is, that is right there, packed in those letters even, just to say, hey, pay attention to this, read it, know it yourselves, and share it. And so that, that call, and man, Daniel is just a, a really neat guy down there at the bottom in, in prayer. I, I highlighted Matthew 6 when, we, when we, Jesus is teaching us about prayer. But just to go backwards even before that and, and study the life of Daniel and look at how in, in Daniel it's 6.10, and it says that he prayed three times accordingly to the way that he had always done it. And if you look at Daniel's life, it's not like the man is exactly a slouch. He's a little bit on the busy side, but yet he is still dedicating and finding the devotion and the adoration that we talked about that is his life of worship to spend three times a day praying. Again, just think about that as we think about examples of what worship is and what it should be in our lives. And this is something that we're going we're gonna to work through today. So this is part of our like, immediate application. Um, and so when you look through the Bible, you see that, that not only what the types of worship are, but what are the settings of worship? And there are, there are times where there is a near and dear and a, and a true intimate moment that is recorded and we get to take part in that as an individual almost, except because it is one individual that we see and one that we don't because it is between the person and God, right? So there are those individual settings of worship, but then there are smaller groups, and then you, you see these awesome corporate gatherings of worship, and there's a really neat one in Nehemiah when the, 
when the, those in exile are coming back in, and in Nehemiah 8, it talks about how they spent days reading the word and going through it, so we just talked about scripture, right? So they're reading the word and going through it, and then in Nehemiah 9, the whole body that has come back from exile spends the whole chapter just praising and worshiping God together, and man, it is so cool to sit there and read. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an awesome thing to do, to just appreciate the corporate worship that is happening there. So, so we looked at that. I'm going to set this down for a second. Um, we looked at that and, and how it's, it's like weaved. The worship, as we understand it, is in the, the different types and the settings, right? It's weaved throughout our lives. So much so that, that the Bible encourages it to become part of our lives, or it is our life. If you look at, um, I wrote it down here on my notes, and we're going we're gonna to go to it here. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And this is, this is a growth point almost of, of what you see when, when Jesus is asked about the greatest commandment, or when you look about real distilled versions of, of where our priorities should lie in the word, um, it's in, again, sorry I didn't include these. So Mark 12, 19, uh, Matthew 22, 37, Luke 2, or Luke 10, sorry, 27, and then Deuteronomy 6, 4, and these are all parts where Jesus has asked, not the Deuteronomy, obviously, um, but, but in the Gospels, there are all parts where Jesus has asked, you know, what is, what is the greatest? And he says, listen, it is, it is this, that you should first affirm and worship the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And that's the reference back to that Deuteronomy 6, that it should be flowing from our whole lives. We just talked about that, right? And it is to point, not to us, but all of that, is to point to God and to give our focus continually to God. And that in, in a summation, not to diminish it, but just to share a common context, is what we want to look at worship as. Again, growing it from what we associate as a more musically inclined session, if you will, but to really walk it through and appreciate the spirit and truth that it is and to weave it throughout our whole lives. So what we're gonna do with the rest of our service time together this morning is walk through that kind of individual group and then corporate time. And we're gonna spend some time reading scripture and praying, and we're also gonna spend a little bit of time doing music. I'm gonna invite Laura and Scott up here who are going to lead us through a song or two, but what I wanna do before we start our song is to actually read the words because I think a lot of the times we're just gonna sing the lyrics and, and they just kind of roll off really easily, but to understand the, the power that some of these songs have. And so um, I'd encourage you to just, we're just gonna read through this and then we're gonna sing a couple of songs and start an individual time of worship where we'll, we'll have a psalm up on the board and you can read through that and spend some time in prayer. And then I'll, I'll invite you guys to come together in smaller groups if you want to do it as families. That would be great. And you can read another psalm that I will have up here and spend another time in prayer. And then we're going to all come back together 
and have another music song and read our last psalm together to close our time together. So let, let's read this. Oops, I, I clicked too, Bruce, sorry. Oh, and then I got it again, okay. <laughs> sorry? I, I am, yeah, yep. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive. So this is all glory be to God our King, by the way. This is the song that we're gonna sing. Unless the Lord does raise the house, in vain its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me what is your life? A mist that vanishes at dawn, all glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ our King, all glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing, all glory be to Christ. And there's some refrains there, but it just, it's a beautiful emphasis that it just points ourselves and in, in our, starts to get our hearts focused uh, on him. Go ahead, guys. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, it's builders strive to you post tomorrow's game. Tell me what is your life? Amidst that vanishes at dawn,
Spend a couple of minutes, uh, read through Psalm 95, and just spend some individual time in prayer, and then we'll come back together for small groups, and then again as a whole congregation. Um, so about five minutes for uh, individual time. So then as you close up your own time of individual prayer, gather with maybe uh, your family and another around you, or a couple of people just make, make a small gathering and um, read out loud. Go ahead for the next one. I think it's 103. Um, yeah, Psalm 103. So read that out loud as a group and spend some time in prayer. We'll do another five or seven minutes or so, and then we'll come all back together for a corporate time. Praise Him, my soul, with the 